0: Testing, one, two, three, testing. Hello? Is anyone out there? Is anyone out there? I'm looking for anyone, anyone? Please, anyone, respond. Help needed. Can anybody hear me? Help needed. If you can hear, please respond please respond. Welcome back to Heroclix Borderlands. I'm your host, Shay McClure, also known as Colossus TN on HC Realms and Showtime TN on WizKids. This is not a full episode. This is just an addendum to our previous episode where we were talking about casual and meta play. Uh, I just wanted to give a better idea of what meta play would be in a casual environment and what casual play would look like, uh, what we would actually, at least I would determine as casual play. Uh, meta play: the easiest way to describe it is the use of characters for maximum efficiency, not caring what universe they come from or what comic book, and just putting them together to create a team that has synergy, that has the best chance to win, and causes the most problems for your opponents. Uh, casual play would be defined as putting together teams in order to fulfill some kind of comic book or theme environment, and to kind of use those to play out scenarios in your mind or put together some uh, comic book accurate matchups. Now, in meta play, the easiest way to describe it would be the use of resources. Resources were used, I believe, in the beginning to bring a little flavor, but now they're being abused, I won't say abused, but used to their maximum potential in the meta environment. There are several resources out there, Pandora's Box, JLA Teleporter, JLA Teleporter. Avengers Roundtable, the Quinjet, all those are big meta plays, and if they showed up in a casual environment, I'm going to say a casual player would not enjoy it. One of the most abused, well, I keep saying abused, and that's a that would be a, a casual term, a casual player's complaint against a meta player is that they abuse certain items, such as a resource. One resource that I see that's being used a lot and has a huge, huge impact on the game are the use of these ID call-in characters. Now, an ID card is just a five-point card, and they have rarities just like your figures do, so some are harder than others, and they have the ability to call in a character that they're named after, like a Adam ID card you can call in any character named Adam across universes for five points. Now, the call-in does cost you to take one character, and actually, that character would have to take an action token at the beginning of his turn, and can't have any others on it, And then it would bring in that character for one turn, starting beside it. They can't go further than six squares away from that character. They can't pick up the character that brought them in. Otherwise, they disappear from the board. However, it brings some abuse techniques in on it in that fact that those characters, when they come in, can do an action. And the ability to bring in a character that can do a very powerful action, even for one turn, can sway the balance for five points. That's like giving an extra... Uh, huge power to that figure and it doesn't matter what click they're on they can call it in as long as they're still alive the uh, big thing that your opponent can do is score the if they can kill that character that gets called in in one turn before they disappear then they do get the points for it however Hero Clicks players have become very good at being able to uh, cause those characters to disappear almost immediately after being called in now if you showed up in your uh casual environment with ID cards. And these ID cards are, as I said, they're only five points. And since they're only five points, you can put a lot on a team inside a 300-point format. So if you showed up your, at your venue with uh, ID cards and it's a casual night, uh, that's going to be frowned upon. Because that, to most players, that would be part of the metagame, unless you could have some kind of comic book accurate, Marvel team-up kind of theme, be able to explain it. And if you don't want to go into that kind of explanation, I say don't bring them. Uh, ID cards are very powerful. Uh, I went and looked at the latest WizKids Open. Let me pull it up on my computer. Uh, WizKids Open is a uh, regional event supported by WizKids. Uh, In this thread on HC Realms, they reported 19 winners. So of the 19 WizKids Opens... Only two winners, only two, did not use ID cards. To me, that's huge. That's huge. And everybody used a resource, either Pandora's Box, Quinjet, Teleporter. Almost everybody used a resource. But on every team but two, every team but two, and these are the winners, out of 19, only two teams did not use ID cards. To me, ID cards are, are a definite meta play, and if you don't understand them, don't know how they work, don't know how to counter against them, that's going to be huge in this in this being able to transition from casual to meta. Should you show up? Is uh, the casual environment the best place to test out how how ID cards work? To me, on, um depends on the venue you're going to. Uh, I would hope to say that if you had good relationships with people at the venue you can maybe test them out, maybe do a scenario with them and that would be the key is to convince a casual environment to set a scenario where they brought in an ID card and used them and that way you could test them out otherwise otherwise ID cards are a definite meta environment and understand that the meta environment is built around a 300 point team with limited three actions, power actions now, that being defined as a meta environment, and giving you an example of it, let me go ahead and define a casual environment. Casual environments are built more around uh, what uh, WizKids have as keywords. I find that casual environments are really built around scenarios or keywords. Themed, teamed. You have to bring some kind of theme team. And usually their point bills are a lot higher than 300, 400, 500, so they can get certain theme teams on there. A theme team is keywords, every figure has keywords. Well, they have some keywords. Some have none or have one. But these keywords, if you put together figures with the all the same keywords, then you can get some bonuses. Uh, keywords, a what they call a generic keyword, which are keywords that are like monster, spy, just generic, vague, and go across universes. All they give you is a bonus to choose map. Well, in a casual environment, that's usually not a big bonus to be had because you know usually you're just playing on a map that the venue has very few people bring their own maps I see the map choice is more huge in the competitive environment and that will be a later episode but um, another theme team bonus is in what we call named theme teams such as Batman family, uh, Gotham City some very specific keywords that if you can put them together into a team then the bonus you get is um, not only map choice, that means your ability to go first, you get a, for every figure with that keyword, you get a plus one to your f- starting player role. But on top of that, you get for every 100 points of the build, you get, uh, and I might be butchering this explanation, but usually for the amount of, uh, for that 100 point build, for every 100 points of the build, and for every character, you can get a theme team prob roll. Now that prob roll, you have to give an action token to a character however you have the ability to prob a attack or a yeah you get a prob an attack so that's huge the ability to make somebody reroll so um, in a casual environment you'll see more of those type of teams played larger armies uh, I can remember when I was uh, first starting out one of my favorite uh, teams of it together and it was more of a casual team well. Yes. Uh, it was actually what i call a theme team, and it wouldn't be considered a theme team now, but I chose everybody that had Psychic Blast, and I put together this team of just pure Psychic Blast people because I thought, at that time, Psychic Blast was the best power in the game, range, uh, avoided uh, damage reducers, which the highest damage reducer was uh, impervious, so it, it, I didn't have to worry about anything, any kind of damage reducer, and that was wasted points on the other figure. So I put together a 500-point team. disparrow was the uh, top one, if y'all remember him. I forget what I said he's from. It was earlier say he's awesome. But um uh, put that together, and I was really proud of it, and won a tournament. Uh, and at the end, it took on Galactus, which was perfect. That team and another team took on Galactus, and with the psychic blast, was able to really just pound through it. But... Um, Uh, That's really the definition between meta and casual environments. And a casual player who shows up with a team build that's built around keywords not looking for resources and um, just uh, wanting to avoid resources to do something comic accurate really struggles in a meta environment and will be frustrated because in that environment, uh, the use of the resources and ID cards uh, can really hamstring a pure casual team. So, I just wanted to do that quick little uh, addition. Just kind of go over it. I know, uh, as we went over, the we survey surveying the landscape. I mean, that's where we're at. We're stuck between meta and, and uh, casual. And venues kind of drive that. And for the casual player who wants to go meta, the ability to transition from one to the other is very, very important. And kind of understand the different mindsets when you go into it. And being a meta player to actually... Establish a group that you can have fun with, and keep the game fresh, and come up with newer ideas. Then the ability to switch into a casual play where you have fun and is just as important because it helps grow your local venue and your local sport. So uh, not all of us can be casual, or not all of us want to be casual players all the time, and not all of us want to be meta players all the time. And in the Borderlands, that's where we're all at. Is we're kind of stuck in the middle where we want to do both. And how do we navigate this? Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and really, if you have any suggestions, ideas, questions, please send them in to lostinclicks at gmail.com. That is lostinclicks at gmail.com. That is all one word. Uh, Please send any questions, ideas, comments. And on that, or comment below the uh, podcast on Podbean or on my blog called HeroClicks Borderlands. Clicks in Borderlands. I'm sorry. Uh, This is part two of the episode. I appreciate everybody for listening. Y'all have a wonderful day and enjoy your clicks, and hopefully, you keep turning those dials and not finding the KO. Thank you.